We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. going on everybody welcome to striking gold your 49ers podcast on the blue wire network my name is rob louder i cover the 49ers for the fine folks at blue wire and joining me tonight is my co-host the beast at niners nation kp kyle posey what's up bro the beast what's up man how you doing how's life what's what's new with you life's good man i'm on summer break sweet uh, milking this sweet summer school gig for all it's worth uh, trying to, as Chris and Kyle would say over at Candlestick Chronicles, beat the heat, yeah. uh, all the time. And you can relate to that because you're in Arizona and it's probably hotter there than it is here. What else am I doing right now? What temperature what are you guys working with? Oh, 100 to 108, somewhere in there. Yeah. We're actually about the same, so. Yeah, it should be very similar. And I know our Bay Area audience, when they hear 100 to 108, probably just gasps like. (laughs) And I felt bad, too, where I actually just felt like, what's the best way of ignorant, maybe was the best way to put it. When because when Levi Stadium first came, you know, was first introduced and everybody was complaining about the, the 85 degree heat, 80 degree heat. And I was just going up there like, man, this feels great. I'm excited to be here. You know, like, I don't care where I'm sitting in this place. Uh, But, you know, I just didn't even take two seconds to realize that most people coming from the Bay Area get like high of, uh, you know, uh, 65 is like a hot day. Uh, And, you know, going to Levi Stadium was like a big deal. But that was always an easy transition for me. I was always stoked to uh, to go from here, Levi Stadium and lose about 20 degrees. Uh, I didn't have any complaints, but sorry if I uh, if I seemed ignorant to your plight, Bay Area listeners, but. It is what it is. It is what it is. KP can relate. He's because we both make the same trip, essentially, weather-wise. Oh, yeah. But anyways, I don't want to – people make fun of the fact that, like, boring conversations start with talking about the weather. Ah, so we should, we should get off the weather, I think. 
We will never talk about the weather again. It's it's June. Maybe we so will if hot. it gets crazy. Like also maybe true. if there's some truly crazy weather or if the 49ers have to play in the rain and, you know, lose to the Ravens and stuff like that. We'll we'll talk about the weather, but they you don't have to Washington. hear about the heat anymore. Huh? They could go the Washington version where they just look abysmal or the, their defense looks great because the other side of the ball looks abysmal. Uh, I know. Those I know. those Hope. games are kind of fun to watch. I know it's it's not, you know, the most aesthetically pleasing thing. It's not pretty, but just like, like seeing Bosa and those guys slide around after the game was made <laughs> was. made those three hours worth it. I mean, that was like a classic moment, dude. That that those pictures and that win and you know everything that happened in that game is going to be sticking around for for a while. Just a I, bunch you know, of big just, kids having fun. I know, I know, dude. That was a that was a that was a crazy game. Didn't uh, Kendrick Bourne make some big catches in that game? Oh yeah, he does that. Yeah, he does that. But fuck that guy. <laughs> or, or, so, or so would say so so some would say but as you guys know this uh striking gold is a is an avid kendrick Bourne fan podcast so we'll have none of that here but anyways it's almost july we're a couple days away from july the fourth of july is on sunday and july for the 49ers means what kyle posey the fourth of july no, just July in general. Oh, yeah. It means we're getting closer, man. It means training camps right around the corner. It means we're going to have something to talk about. It means we are going to get a chance to see some actual football, which means we're going to be able to talk about some actual football. I know, man. It's going to be nice not trying to conjure things from thin air like the position battle for quarterback three. <laughs> yes. Look at you. Segway master right there. Let's so, go. The Let's go. And I'll story leave of the offseason is who will win. QB3 for the 49ers. Is it Josh Rosen or is it Nate Sudfield? The short answer, who gives a shit? Okay. <laughs> the 49ers have Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance in the quarterback room. That's all they need. I'm not even convinced. I mean, this might, like I told KP before we started recording, this might be the first year they don't even worry about a third quarterback, you know, because. In Kyle Shanahan's eyes, it was always kind of a there was always kind of a competition, even when Jimmy Garoppolo was healthy, between CJ Beathard and Nick Mullins to be Garoppolo's backup. And, you know, we saw that flux, you know, throughout the years. And in this case, like, there's no competition to be the backup, you know, unless Jimmy G gets hurt and now we're talking about a whole nother list of re- you know, realities. But I don't know. Why I'm not, not worried about why that. Why would they keep three? Um, I don't know. Take, use that on one of the other positions that you have a bunch of needs at. Uh, get a who? Just get a specialist. Who cares? You could do so many things. There's no right answer to what you would do with that extra roster spot. But I imagine you could use it much better than QB three after investing in a freaking quarterback in the first round. That's what I would say. Right. Yeah. It was. Um... You know, doing throughout at least the first couple years they kept three quarterbacks, it was kind of a luxury they could afford. It, you know, they had a roster that wasn't really, you know, they weren't being pinched at every little position, but now that's kind of different. You know, they've got some, they've got, they're going to have some hard decisions and decisions to make at several positions. So I don't see them kind of feeling like they have that luxury anymore, but hey, you know, it, it could happen. They kind of, can we know Kyle Shanahan likes to do his things, but anyways, let's talk. Position battles that matter, because that one does not. No, does not matter. So what, KP? What if you're thinking 49ers position battles? 
the position that's going to have the most, you know, to unfold throughout training camp, throughout the preseason? What's like the first one that comes to mind? Are we talking about aside from the first round draft pick? Yeah, let's go. Let's let's go aside from that. Yeah. So you have to they have to figure out, you know, is it go? First of all, is D Ford healthy enough to play? Because if he's not, then opposite of him, or sorry, not opposite of him, because opposite of him is going to be that Nick Bosa fella who I heard is good. Who? But, uh, yes, him. <laughs> so the Armstead's going to kick down on passing downs. So is it going to be Samson Ebukam? Is it going to be who else? And then you have to talk about cornerback. Uh, is Mosley going to be that guy? I imagine he is. You have the third linebacker. You have running back. Uh, you have Raheem Mostert. You have Trey Sermon. What happens behind those two guys? Uh, is Elijah Mitchell better than everybody else? You have – there's some s- significant options there. Yeah, it – I mean, this is – for a roster – normally you kind of associate roster competition or – roster uncertainty with like a weaker roster you know in like 2017 and 2018 the 49ers had all kinds of roster flux because there really were no set positions there were so many areas where they didn't even have set starters and it was kind of all over the place and that's not necessarily the case this season it's pretty set in a lot of areas but there's a lot of competition for like that next man up that's going to have a pretty big impact. You know what I mean? Like it's not – There's in, in most of these areas, the starters, like it's set. You, you would think. But there's still a lot of snaps that can be earned that are undecided right now. Like we really have no idea. And if you want to start – you know, you mentioned uh, Samson Ebukam. Did you see that video of him doing those squats? Yeah, he squatted like a house. Yeah, it's – I mean, it's he's got bands on it. So it's the, the idea is it's it's easier at the top, you know, and, and then harder as you go down or, or maybe it's the inverse. But it – yeah, it would be the inverse. But, like, I'm trying to count the weight. Okay, so plates. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. What's seven times 45? Seven times 45, seven times 45, seven times 45. I'm doing it right now on my, on my iPhone calculator. 315. 315 uh, on just one side of the bar. You can see the bar flexing. So that means he's got 630 pounds in weight plus, yeah, plus 40, 675 pounds. Now, again, he does have a band on it. So at the top of the rep, he's supporting most of the weight. And as he goes down, that band is almost, you know, it's carrying some of the weight. But there's, there's really no way that you can come up with an excuse where 675 pounds is not impressive. (laughs) I don't really care how much weight that band. But he has a band on there. (laughs) I know. Like, like, who cares, man? That is a lot of weight. And you just look at his legs and you can say, okay, you can lift that much weight. And he was doing it easily. So it wouldn't surprise me if he could do more than that. But So he's like um, a freaky athlete. And I'm not sure people are aware of that. Uh, I don't know that – People know this guy ran a four-five flat at his pro day when he came out. He had a vertical jump of thirty-nine inches. Uh, his broad jump was like ten feet ten inches. So everything he did was elite as far as explosiveness. And his three cone was like seven point zero seven. So he is a very, very, very good athlete. And I think that's what the 49ers needed. That's what they're missing last year. Um, so Hyder is a good football player. But they just let too many guys get to the edge on them, and I think that's where Ebukam can come and save the day. But when you t- right, when you're talking about position yeah. battles, um, I was just going to say some of them will kind of set themselves up for after this year. 
So Raheem Mostert, last year of his contract, so that's why they have Mitchell and Sermon. And then you have Aaron Aaron Banks, the right guard. So that can be somebody who, you know, kind of supplants himself there for the future. A backup battle, like if Daniel Brunskill has an opportunity to work at center, maybe Alex Mack is a one-year guy and he does not come back. So there are some moving parts around here. And um, even cornerback, the reason I brought up cornerback is if Ambry Thomas or Diamador Lenore, who, yes, they were picked in the hundreds, but still. Uh, if they show enough this year, flash enough, then that will you know allow the 49ers to keep them around and give them a chance to earn, a, earn some playing time next year. So it's always always deeper than the surface level, but we'll see. Right, and that's what I would mean when I was saying earlier is is it's not that there aren't opportunities to start. You know, I guess somebody in a lot of these positions, somebody would have to really show out to supplant a starter, you know, you could say that about any position, wide receiver, somebody would have to be really good to give uh, Trey Lance, or excuse me, uh, Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk less snaps. You know, obviously somebody would have to show out. Somebody would have to do really, really good at running back to, you know, put Raheem Mostert on the bench. Somebody would have to to play really well for both, uh, you know, or decent at the very least for, you know, Emmanuel Mosley to sit down. So there's, there's, it's not that there's not opportunity to start or opportunity for snaps. The starting positions are are pretty strong, but there's just a lot of opportunity on the roster that needs to be had. You know, for for example, let's just start to be specific. Let's start with wide receiver, which to me might be the most obvious position if you're talking about position battles, because you have, like I said, Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, and then I don't know, bunch of dudes in a room and on a field that are going to compete. And I'm, that's not an insult. It's just really, really, truly in flux. You know, like I said, Ayuk, Samuel. Then you have Kevin White, Austin Watkins Jr., undrafted guy they added this year. Trent Sugarfield, kind of a specialist, special teams guy that they added from the Cardinals. Uh, Muhammad Sanu, a veteran who I'm not quite sure what we're going to get from him at this point in his career. Uh, Andy Jones. Juwan Jennings, no offense to Andy Jones, but I'm just going to say his I name. I had to say who for a second yeah, I know. in my head. <laughs> I know. We broke uh, Andy Jones. <laughs> we were the first ones to talk about him. <laughs> right. Uh, Juwan Jennings, who is a guy that could come on big or could just end up being another seventh-round pick. Richie James, almost the same thing could be said for him. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> we've, we've seen flashes. Uh, we've seen not-so-flashy stuff, and – I don't know what you know. I don't know what he's capable of. Jalen Hurd could be absolutely nothing, or could blow up. Like that's a weird one. Dante Fowler, veteran guy, kind of you know un- unspectacular. The River Craycraft. Hey, punt returner, River Craycraft. Right, Travis Benjamin, fast guy. You know, used to be a fast guy, but he's been in the league for almost ten years. So you know, who knows? So I don't know, man. What are your thoughts on on that whole wide receiver position? None of those names matter if Debo Samuel stays healthy. Right. right. A, will we see a, a more in shape? I, I, I mean, that's not fair to say he's not in shape just because he gets banged up. But will he maybe add weight? Will he be? Uh, will he show up to training camp slim thick, if you will? Um, I just – you have to imagine it's Jalen Hurd. Just because he was the highest draft pick and he's probably the most talented, you know, I, I think that Richie James can be something, but – the inconsistencies have been there pretty much since I've been watching the 49ers. So uh, not sure why that would change all of a sudden. Sure, more opportunities will help. But um, you have 
it, it always comes back to her. Trent Sherfield is interesting because he actually is still young and has speed, unlike Travis Benjamin, who, you know, once upon a time had speed. Uh, Sherfield, I think, will make the roster for special teams purposes. Um, then there's like a veteran like Benny Fowler. Is he just a camp body? Uh, he's he has like uh, he has a lot of the same profile as Jawan Jennings, like big power slot receiver. Not, doesn't really have explosion. Can catch the ball in contested situations. Probably a big blocker. Um, I I kind of hope that they go with a bigger body in the slot. I know it's traditional to go with like a smaller guy, but maybe that's why my own biases are showing when it comes to the slot. So I want her to win it. So. Jimmy G or Trey Lance have a guy to kind of throw it up to over the middle. I think they'd be at their best by complimenting Ayuk and Debo with two guys. Well, you obviously have Kittle in the middle with another power type guy. And that would just be tough to stop. It would. Yeah. I, I mean, just us trying to talk about this position battle should clue you into just how in flux it is. Like there are just so many possibilities and it's, just seems impossible to predict what's going to happen. There's just so many variables, so many possibilities, even down to the amount of guys they're going to keep at that position. It could be five, it could be seven. And then we have no idea who the next three to five of the, of those are going to be. It, it just have no clue. Mike McDaniel said himself, he has no idea. So if he has no idea, then we definitely have no idea. Right, and I know everybody wants Austin Watkins Jr. to be just like his cousin, you know, was at one point. It it just is, you know, people get really fired up about undrafted free agents for some reason. Like, I don't know, maybe because you get them for free, essentially. You know, and everybody wants to, like, find the diamond in the rough. But it's all over the place. I have no idea what's going to happen at this position. And a big part of that is, we have no idea what to expect from a lot of these guys. I have no idea what to expect from Juwan Jennings. I have no idea what to expect from Jalen Hurd. I have no idea what we're going to get from Trent Sherfield and how often he's going to be in there. It's just like it's all over the place. It's all over the place. And I wish I could just sound seem like some smooth you know, analyst and tell you exactly how it's going to shake out, but I have no idea. That's not real life. That. I don't think that's how the sport works. I definitely don't think that's how it's going to work for this team. I should have a take right now. <laughs> Get those takes off, baby. Especially I should have one. So you can pat yourself on the back come October. I know, but, man. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a prediction about something in which there's a 33% chance of it yeah. being right. And if I'm right, I'm going to pat myself on the back. And if I'm not right, I'm not going to say anything. That's how you do it. So I think we're going to see one week it is Jalen Hurd who has five catches, 60 yards. The next week it's going to be Richie James who has four catches, 48 yards. Next week maybe it's Trent Sherfield who catches a couple deep passes and he has three for 67. I think it will be a lot more of that as opposed to somebody who is, you know, consistent every week. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that since there are so many bodies. And I think it will play itself out during training camp. But when I say that, I mean – three guys will rear their head and it'll just be, you know, a cluster of those three guys and they'll just rotate themselves. If the 49ers get any catches out of Jalen Hurd, then something is going well. <laughs> yes. You know, like if, if Jalen Hurd is on the field for training camp and we get to write about how many catches he had or targets and how many reps he had with like the second team or maybe the first team, like if we even get to sniff that stuff, stuff is going great. You know, like if the 40, because it's just such a massive X factor. Jalen Hurd getting on the field and looking like anything like what he was for those, you know, one that one training camp and, and preseason game, 
it would be a massive win. Not I'm not. I'm not saying he's just going to step in there and and dominate on Sundays. I'm just saying that just the fact that they could get him involved and see what he is legitimately capable of would be nuts. You know, I just. I'm I not, imagine that's what they're hoping for. Right. Just to get him in the mix would be. I think. I think Sanu will have an impact, but in the same sense where Emmanuel Sanders had an impact on teaching these guys how to play, how to be a professional, what to do, because I I kind of follow what he does off the field, and he's just like a great coach, a great teacher, and knows how to run routes. So I think that will be where Sanu shows his value, not so much on the field. Right. I was watching that. There was that quick clip of Trey Lance working out with Muhammad Sanu, and Muhammad Sanu was running the routes. I was like, man, he's slow as hell. Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, I think I might be able <laughs> That's to That's fine, dude. You can, you can be slow and win. It, you just The rest of your game has to be – you know, if you look at Anquan Bolden, that dude was oh. was destroying people, and he may—I don't even think he ran under a five-second forty towards the end of his career. You My know, like, favorite wide receiver of all time, by the way. He's up there for me, bro. Anquan, I, Bolden. Anquan Bolden and Stevie Johnson. Oh, like I loved right Stevie there. Johnson, and like they both just had their their, and they both ran great routes. Like they, it's just, I'm a route guy. So the wide Love. receiver coach for the 49ers ran a four, six, five Wes Welker. Right. Mm. At five, nine. And he was probably what, like one eighty max, like soaking wet. So it goes to show you don't have to run fast in a straight line to be able to get open in the NFL. No, you don't. You just have to have all your other, you know, all your eyes dotted and your T's crossed as far as every other part of the position. And you'll, you can still do it, man. It's it's crazy. Um, okay, so wide receiver, probably the most obvious position battle. Uh, just you know, given by what, what's your next? Like, what do you think of next? Man, I, I, for some reason, I keep coming back to the defensive line, but it's a lot of the same. Where we're talking about wide receivers, where there's just going to be one or two guys that will be inserted. And that is going to be who will be in the sub package, the passing downs, third downs, whatever you want to call it. Um, but even then, I, I don't think it's that interesting to talk about. And speaking of, my my real answer is probably the third linebacker spot, which probably nobody wants to hear about. But whether it's Demetrius Flanagan Foles, safe to convert to linebacker, you have Aziz out here who is now two years removed from his ACL injury, who coming out of college, I thought he would be better than Dre Greenlaw because he was really freaking good. Uh, he just had the ACL. Uh, has Last year was – he had an opportunity, but didn't really do anything. So I think if, if he's ever going to be anything, this would be the year we see that. So two young guys in that sense. And then you have, you know, undrafted guy Justin Hilliard out of Ohio State, who Nick Bosa apparently told the, the organization to draft. Nate Jerry is a guy they signed in free agency. One of the worst players in the NFL last year. So not going to worry about him seeing the field. <laughs> but he is a special team demon, so he's probably going to make the roster. Um, I, I really think it's going to come down to Flanagan Foles or Aziz Alshahir, th- two very quality names right there. Um, I know Jonas Griffith is another name, but I don't know what to expect from him. It's more of a I'll see it when I believe it. But if they play teams that are going to play a lot of 12 and a lot of you know just eye formation, we're going to see three linebackers on the field. And so figuring out who that third linebacker is is going to be a little more important than we lead on. Do you think that it could be a safety? Ooh. In my head, there's no reason it shouldn't be a safety. Well, I, I shouldn't say that because if Tarverius Moore was healthy, 
then 100% yes. I thought their best 11, or he was one of their best 11, not just last year, but the year before, and they were at their best. When they add that other speed guy, and obviously Tony Jefferson is not a speed guy, but you have him, Tart, and Ward on the field. You're talking about you know, three highly intelligent safety. That's what I was going to say, man. Like you have some serious, just knowledge. Just know what's probably going to come. We'll know what the offense is doing. You know, they're going to study their butts off. And I'm pretty fascinated to see what Tony Jefferson brings to the table a year, having a year of not played. Um, Because, man, he's just, every time he's been on the football field, he's been really freaking good. And I don't know why that would stop all of a sudden, especially now that he's had a year to kind of train his body and uh, take some time. What do you think? What, what Do you think it's best to have three safeties? I prefer that, yeah. I think that unless you have just three absolutely stellar linebackers, which I'm not sh- – I mean, nope. which I'm not sure the 49ers it. have. <laughs> nope. You know, it, it, some, one of those guys can step up. You know, it's not that – you know, I've seen – I don't know what Jonas Griffiths is going to do. Um, I don't know, you know, you, they've given little chances to Al Shire and Flanagan Foles, who knows kind of what those guys would do. But to me, I would always lean on the sides of like athleticism and experience, you know, like unless Tony Jefferson cannot tackle or something, then he's an athlete in space with experience. That's where I would go. Like is the fact he's 5'11", 212. He's not small at all. So it, to me, I would just want guys out there that know what the hell is going on. And if you realize the, the, the athleticism is just not there, kind of how we started to see with the back half of, uh, you know, Richard Sherman's last season, you know, where the, the, his insane intelligence was finally kind of being eclipsed by his lack of athleticism. And that's no respect to him or no disrespect to Sherman, obviously. No one respect. Of the, well, yeah, right. I have tons of respect for Richard Sherman, who I talked briefly with on Twitter the other day about his uh, his obsession with Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter. So uh, we relate there. But um, it, as long as that athleticism and experience, you know, or that experience isn't being eclipsed by the lack of athleticism, their inability to make plays, then that's what you put out there. So if if it were my inexperienced ass making the call, I would go with Jimmy Ward, Jaquiz Guitar, and Tony Jefferson. And, uh, you know, I don't know what their rookie, Talanoa Hufanga, is going to be able to do. Uh, he might make some waves. I don't know. You know, I, I really just don't know what to expect from him. I've heard good things. I've heard bad things from people that know more than me. So, like, we've, like, you know, the theme with everything else we've heard is there's just a lot of, I don't know, a lot of it could go this way, it could go that way, which is cool. You know, it's it's interesting. It's something to, to talk about. But, I don't know, man. It's it like I said, I don't know. But to me, the next one that comes to mind is running back. Yeah. Running back, running back, running back. And there's not a ton of people. I would have been this competition would probably be, have been even more heated had Jeff Wilson Jr. not got hurt. You know, but at the same time, even with his injury, you've got Raheem Mostert, who should retain his title as the man. Um, you've got Wayne Gallman who I was like genuinely, you know, into that signing. I was like, he's solid. He's, he's a good running back. And I was, I thought he was kind of going to be the, either the two or the three. And then they went and drafted Trey Sermon and Elijah Mitchell, both of which also look really solid. 
And so I just really don't know how that's – are they going to have to cut Wayne Gallman? I, I think after Jeff Wilson Jr.'s injury, they're probably not going to have to. You know, like if I had to take a guess, I'd say it's probably Raheem, Trey, Elijah, and Wayne Gallman. But I don't know, man. There's To me, it's less about making the roster for that group and more about who carves out the biggest, the biggest role for themselves. Uh, real quick on the safety stuff, it would make sense to have three safeties just because Arizona, four wide receivers all the time. Rams, now they have Matthew Stafford. We are not going to see the same Rams you're used to seeing. And Seattle just drafted another wide receiver, so get as many DBs on the field as you can. Back to running backs. I don't <laughs> think Wayne Gallman is as good as people think. Well, I, I shouldn't say that because he is solid. But a lot of what I watch, he's just getting the yards that are blocked for him. And you shouldn't get credit for that. I see people showing like the same four clips, which always happens. <laughs> like, hey, he ran 60 yards straight and didn't have to do anything. Yes. Come on. How sustainable is that? How realistic is that? I think Jeff Wilson was considerably, like noticeably better than Gallman. And that's not really a knock. I'm just telling you. That yeah, that's not a slight. Jeff Wilson Jr. was pretty good. I yeah. actually think he's very, yeah, I think he's really good too. I know the fumbles and, you know, the drops kind of killed him last year. But as far as vision goes, he has very good, like he's really good in that sense, just about feel. And I think Sermon has a lot of that in him as well, which is why I think he, I don't think he's going to take the reins from Mostert if he stays healthy, but that's such a great one-two punch because Mostert is a guy that will run by anybody. And he has some sneaky power to him. I don't know if that's just, you know, because he runs so fast, he can build that up. But he does bounce off tackles, and he doesn't. Really he's a big dude. He's he's strong. He's big. Yeah, for sure. And um, Mitchell's going to be fun just because he can fly, and I think both him and Sermon are really good out of the backfield. I think that's where Forty Nine has really been lacking. So I don't know if there's going to be one guy who takes the lead here, even, and that includes Mostert. So we can have a, I imagine, like week one, if they run the ball what thirty times, Mostert gets. 17 15 to 17 of those sermon gets 10 of those and then what does mitchell get a couple of carries and then a few receptions on the backfield i imagine it'll be split a lot like that where uh, most of and sermon go back and forth and then mitchell gets his time to shine here and there but it's more so of like a receiving back because uh, most of it's not a third down running back and i don't know if sermon's best asset is pass protection it's he does know where to go, so that does matter. That's half the battle. Um, that takes us back to Gallman, who who knows? And, and there's always your Michael Hasty. Uh, he had he had an interesting season. He started off hot, and then just kind of the more he played, the more it's like, eh, not sure if he's going to be the guy or not. Right? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He was he made some plays in in limited snaps when he was just kind of coming in and and taking a couple, you know, for one drive or one series, and then and then leaving, but. Once, you know, during that game when everybody else was hurt and he was kind of the guy, uh, he he didn't do much, you know, and he, he didn't even take snaps from Jarek McKinnon for the most part. And as we saw from Jarek McKinnon, who was – I mean, he was solid for what he was, but there was nothing impressing, impressive going on there at this point in his career. So, yeah, to me, like you said, man, it's just, a, it's just an interesting dynamic of how all those snaps are going to shake out. I don't know. Every everything this episode is going to be called. I don't know. <laughs> that's so. That's the team. That's what they do. We go down every list, and you think you have an idea. Even with we're talking about Aaron Banks, their second round pick, like he should win that job. But 
what if he's not who they think he is? And we're talking about the receivers, we're talking about the defensive line, even the cornerbacks. Like Emmanuel Mosley should win that job, but what if Ambry Thomas is better than what they thought? What if Ambry Thomas is, you know, in the same level as Kwan Williams, and they just have to find a way to get him on the field? So uh, there's definitely some interesting position battles outside of quarterback on this team. And I guess that's the last one is quarterback. You know, or well, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. There are. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. We didn't, uh, I mean, do we need to talk about the quarterback battle? That I mean, obviously, I think we've said a lot about it. Um, I know that we're going to probably dive into it more in depth, you know, with that, the topic we were talking about through text message the other day. Oh yeah. Uh, yesterday. I don't know. I mean, I, I, Kyle Shanahan said it himself. Like it's not a competition until it isn't or until it is. Right. You know, so it'll really all depend on Trey Trey and what he's capable of absorbing because we know his skill set far surpasses for the most part, Jimmy Garoppolo, what he's capable of, what he looks like, body type, pretty much everything, other than a fast I release. Everybody, I, love, 
<laughs> other than that. I love that you did that because I was going to jump in and be like, yo, let's just talk about it because you don't have to qualify. Well, pretty much. No, he's a third freaking round pick. And Jimmy was not. Jimmy's a second round pick. Usually when that happens, especially at the quarterback position. You've got some, uh, you got something going. You have some skills, man. So you trade stronger. Like if you were to go down the list of QB traits, because even release, how valuable is a release? If the ball doesn't get there quicker than the other dude, doesn't arm strength matter way more than release? I think accuracy does. Ball placement does. Pocket mobility, obviously mobility itself, uh, stretching the field, using the entire field. That's a big thing too. Like how, how much does the release matter if, you threw the ball too quickly and and you didn't let a play develop. You know, I wonder how many times Jimmy Garoppolo has done that. You know, I have some examples. <laughs> got, you know, gotten rid of the ball just playing straight up too quickly when there was something else out there that involved being a little bit more patient and, you know, throwing it a little bit further downfield. Um, I'm going to read that. I'm going to read that. You know, that Mike Garoppolo quote you sent me? Please, let's talk about I, it. I'm going to read that real quick. We might end up talking about this again because we're gonna. I know we want to dedicate a whole episode to the to uh, something in here, but I'm just gonna read a quote from NFL Network's Mike Garofalo on the 49ers quarterback situation. "Quote: I still like the 49ers. Sands that injury, comma. And here's the interesting part to me: I think the 49ers could make the playoffs and win the division, and still have a quarterback change in the middle of the season. I truly believe that. Now that's not a knock on Jimmy G. It's that Trey Lance, from what I gather." Has already shown up there and proven that he is a me- that he is mentally at this stage of the game a lot more than maybe people thought. And I feel bad for Jimmy, but there's nothing Jimmy can do can do to stave that off. If Trey Lance is lighting it up in the preseason and he's showing them day in day out, maybe in practice and whatnot, they're going to make the change and they're going to go to him when he's ready, no matter what Jimmy does. Wow. Let me say what my girlfellow wanted to say. Hey, y'all, it's happening. Don't fight it. Not, <laughs> not if, but when. Jimmy's my homie. Nothing he can do about it. Nothing that I can do about it. Just embrace it. That's essentially what he said. Um, it's it's going to be when Trey Lance is ready. It's all about their draft pick that they invested three first-round picks in. Very simple. Um, can you, you talk about what, what he can handle. Is Lance going to be able to digest a playbook? Because if he is, the competition starts day one. If it's going to take him a little time to adjust to the speed of the defense, to adjust to the checks and everything that goes in with preparing to play quarterback in the NFL, maybe it's going to be day 14, day 21, but it's going to happen. They will compete. And when they do start competing, I like the rookie's odds. Yeah, if it becomes – if at any point during training camp – it becomes in Kyle Shanahan's mind anywhere near 50 50, then it's train, then it's Trey Lance's job to lose. The mo- because the only way Jimmy Garoppolo wins that competition if, is if his experience and command of the offense just keep him well ahead of, of the curve. You know, just the overall command and knowing where to go to the ball and you know, all the things you just talked about, those are the things that are going to separate him. Nothing else. That that's it, because Trey Lance have has everything else going for him. So, to me, the only the only caveat to what Mike Garofalo was saying is, 
Jimmy Garoppolo still in my eyes, even if Trey Lance is showing some great things, not just necessarily in training camp. It could be the start of the season. It could be during practice. Jimmy Garoppolo has to do something to kind of warrant that change. You know, like if the 49ers are winning games, Jimmy Garoppolo's not throwing as many of those Jimmy interceptions. <laughs> Jimmy interceptions. Like, <laughs> there's a guy there, Jimmy. <laughs> Don't throw it there. 52 is ineligible. <laughs> right. Uh, to me, is it, it's, there still has to be a little bit of a factor of, okay, we Trey Lance is an upgrade. You know, like, to, but it also kind of makes me think of, like, the fact that Alex Smith got hurt, in comes Colin Kaepernick, and there was just no way the 49ers could not put him on the field. The NFL at that time had no idea what to do with him. They, they could not stop him. So does Trey Lance give the 49ers a little bit of that factor? Like, look, Jimmy Garoppolo is playing good. Maybe he's playing great, but the stuff we're seeing from Trey Lance in practice or during camp is pretty unbelievable, and we just can't not allow him to get on the field. It yeah, just – it has to be a certain way, you know what I mean? I think that's probably one of the most interesting parts about this whole battle is is just how quick uh, Trey Lance is ready to take over. How you know how he asserts himself right away? Does he have his teammates behind him? Is he making the plays down the field that Jimmy's not making? And because of that, you're like, whoa, this is what it looks like to stretch the field. We got to get this dude on the field. So I think what he does as a quarterback and not specifically with his legs will determine how quickly he gets on the field because I think his added mobility is just an added asset that the 49ers obviously don't have, but it'll be, you know, what Trey Lance does with his arm. Yeah. Like I said, there's no question of, of the upside of Trey Lance. I just, I don't know how fast he is. And you mentioned the team. That was one of the things I text you is like, if, if it's during the season and the 49ers are winning games and Jimmy Garoppolo's not, uh, take a shot playing like shit. Then how do you, how do you pull him? You know what I mean? Like, cause it's just tough. It, to me, it seems like there has to be now you pull, you pull him. People are going to be pissed. And then Trey Lance goes in there and just lights it up. Then no one's going to be pissed anymore. No one cares. No. Why didn't it's you do over. this right away? Right. They're going to, yeah, they're going to be pissed that you didn't do it sooner. But at the same time, it just, to me, seems there has to be some type of, uh, of, of, uh, of um an action, you know, right. and, and the reaction is Trey Lance getting his opportunity. I, it would be very hard for me to believe that Trey Lance would would step in like Mike Garoppolo said during the season without Jimmy Garoppolo giving them that reason, and th- that reason very well could be he gets hurt. Yeah, what are the odds of Jimmy Garoppolo going sixteen games? Well, history suggests not very high. History would suggest that him getting out of September is not very high either. So here we are. <laughs> right. So, I mean, to keep it on topic, competition-wise, roster battles, um, if it becomes a competition, if it becomes a thought process, it's going to be harder for the 49ers not to roll with Trey Lance. Especially if they've got some offers chilling. You know, yeah, like, exactly. Like teams, are, you know that that's a whole other factor that could really alter that competition real quick. Is if Trey Lance even doesn't look as good as Jimmy, and it's just close. If there's another team calling, then that decision and that competition might be over real quick. Yeah, there are endless topics and ways to discuss a quarterback competition. One that is, you know, just so pessimistic, <laughs> very me. 
uh, ish. But Trey Lance gets his opportunity. Trey Lance does not look like the number three overall pick. Then what? What if he looks like the number one overall pick? <laughs> <laughs> what if he looks like Mitchell Trubisky? Oh God! Uh, so many. Pe- we're gonna get so many hateful tweets when this episode airs. <laughs> you think that, he, you think he's Mitch Trubisky? Oh yeah, my God! I'm, that's me knocking on the wood right now. I but, uh, I hope people understand that there's that's said in jest. But yeah, no, I know that's not how the internet works. Everything's so said in jest and striking gold. There we go. Um. So, yeah, man, obviously that's the competition of all competitions. But like Shanahan said, it has to become one first. Um, it should be fairly lopsided in the beginning. If it's not, then, then oh, boy, here we go. Because the moment Trey Lance gains any ground on Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, it, to me, it's like it, it's like it's either Jimmy Garoppolo's job or it's it, – it, this is going to sound weird because I'm not going to be able to say it very well. It's either Jimmy Garoppolo's job or it's Trey Lance's. You know what I mean? Like yeah. either Jimmy has it and it's firm or we're going with Trey Lance. To me, there's no – if it's close, it can't be Jimmy. You well, know, How like, could it be? Right. right. Based on everything that they've done surrounding Trey Lance, if it's close, roll with him. But I – and I, I was telling somebody else this. If it is close and I – I'm pretty sure that they underestimated Trey Lance. Then you have a $25 million problem on your hand. And while there could be a situation where some teams come calling, they could also just hold out and say, hey, we know you can't do anything with him. Just cut him. Like, force the 49ers' hand. I think there is a situation where, you know, they bungle the situation and he um, they, they don't have anything to do with Jimmy because, you know, Trey's their quarterback. Everybody in the NFL knows it. And the value of Jimmy clearly goes down when he's on the bench. Like if it gets to the offseason, some team's not going to give you a second round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. After no, not not yeah. The old season, obviously. not if they've already caught wind of of where it's going. Right. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Well, shit, man. I mean, that kind of having that conversation gets me kind of excited for training camp. It does. You know, there's a lot going on there. There's a lot, and it's gonna lot going to change daily too. One day, Jimmy's going to light it up. Next day, Trey's going to light it up. Next day, both are going to light it up. Next day, both of them are going to stink out loud. And that's going to be the first <laughs> week of practice. And what are we going to do with all that information? I know. We, I can't wait to hear, to read about the, how bad it is that Trey Lance threw an interception in the in NFL. practice? How dare he? I know. I know. And don't worry about the defense making a play. It's just Trey Lance yeah. throwing an interception. <laughs> right. The defense didn't do anything good. It's just Trey Lance sucking. You know, it, it, that's how it is. That's how you there know. Are, look there at. are no good players on the defense that finished second <laughs> and uh, fourth in the last two years. Basically, the 49ers offense is going against upside down trash cans. And Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> or Trey Lance is throwing it and, and it's supposed to be at a receiver. It hits the trash can. That's essentially how a lot of fans look at interceptions like. How the hell could you let this happen? Don't worry about the 11 players on defense trying to earn a roster spot. Anyways, I'm, I'm going to start rambling. You, you, you got it. You got it. You've heard it before. Anyways, any other uh, any closing thoughts on position battles there, uh, KP? No, I think we, we covered pretty much all of it. I mean, there are guys that can step up. You know, what does Kevin Givens do now that he is going to be a part of the team? I like I it. Know that. Um, 
because he is a guy that has a ton of juice. D-line's going to be nuts, man. Yeah, they can be really freaking good, and it might not even matter who's at – and that's obviously being saying, you know, that's a stretch to say that, but that it won't matter who's in the secondary, but the defensive line could be that dominant if Eric Armstead plays like I think he's going to play. Kinlaw takes the next step. Uh, Ebukam is just – He's just the athlete that I think he's capable of being because I don't think he's going to be, you know, this top dog right away. But I do think come midseason, he's going to develop into something where, you know, he's just a speed rusher that they need. I think it's all just about complimenting what's on the lines. You have Zach Kerr, Mo Hurst, DJ Jones. You have a ton of names, like all capable NFL bodies. So, yeah, man. Right. If I'm forgetting about Mo Hurst, then you've got a decent defensive line. Very much so, yes. Yeah. That's that's going to be fun to watch. But, all right, I like it. I think that does it. I think that's great. And hopefully you're starting to get in for training camp. we got about a, uh, a month, a little less than a month, I think, before they kind of report and, and get to work. And uh, hopefully both KP and I are in the building for that. Uh, we'll see. Kind of just – it's a little weird, you know, first training camp back. We'll see how everything rolls out um, post-COVID. But that's all we got. I appreciate everybody for tuning in. Appreciate all your support. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Rob underscore louder. I think the last tweet I fired off was something about the Halloween trailer. So you know, get over there and, and check out that amazing content. Um, at KP. <laughs> at K- <laughs> There's nothing to talk about, man. At KP underscore show. Um, did you watch the basketball game yesterday, KP? I did. It's in my Did you see Dr. Disrespect so. in the stands? Uh, wait, say it again? Do you know who Dr. Disrespect is? No, maybe I didn't then. <laughs> he's he's uh, uh, a streamer, video game streamer. Okay. But he's he's a he's 6 foot 8. He's a 6 foot 8 white dude that wears a black mullet and has a big black mustache. Oh, he has like and a he, million I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's he's really popular and he's a 49ers fan. And he was at the basketball game, like, second row. Oh, so that picture- was him in the crowd? With the, yes. With those glasses that, on? Yes. And <laughs> oh, the head, he that. even had his headset on. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> the dude is an absolute legend. And the best part about it is he's legit 6'8". So every time he stood up, and he, I think he played fairly competitive high school and, and maybe even college basketball. I mean, obviously, at 6'8", you're going you're gonna to do offers. something. But um, – just imagine, you know, a dude in the first couple of rows getting into a play and standing up and being just as tall as all the players. Like, hey, sit down, uh, jerk. I know. So I just, I don't know why that popped into my head, but it was hella funny to see the Amazing pictures. bio. I'm looking at his bio right now. The most ruthless athletic competitor in video game history. <laughs> he's, dude, he's hilarious, man. He goes by the 1993-1994 blockbuster video game champion and online gaming superstar like dude he's he's hilarious if you don't know who dr disrespect is you gotta if you go to his twitter the first picture is him at the game yeah and it's it's posted by pat mcafee so uh he's he's hilarious man he's he's something else but anyways i appreciate you guys thanks for listening to the pod this is the kind of great stuff we talk on here um it's it ain't ever gonna change all right So thank you for listening. Make sure you rating, reviewing, subscribing, downloading, all that great stuff. Just keep the support coming. We appreciate it. Hopefully um, the microphone issues weren't too uh, extreme. If they are, even if they're, if it's messed up, let us know. We will do what what we can do to fix it. So if that's still around, let us know. 
Um, but hey, that's KP. I'm Rob. This is Dragon Gold, and we are signing out.